All right. Well, good morning, everybody. Come on. We're glad you made it to church this morning. Hey, we do want to let you know if you're a sixth grade through 12th grade, the youth are in the party room this morning, second and fourth Sundays. Every month, the youth get together, and we're so excited for the next generation. I know some of them already snuck out, and so, so grateful for our youth. Hey, if you're a guest with us this morning, we're so glad you made it to church. Uh, this is a place that you can become a family. You are family as you come through these doors, and you can scan that QR code with your phone, and it'll take you to our link tree. On our link tree, we have a connect card, and that's just a way to say thank you. If you fill out that information, we just want to thank you for coming. Thank you for visiting. Thank you for checking us out. Whether you live local or you live you live somewhere else, we're glad you made it through the doors this morning. On the Connect Card, it's also a great place to connect with us through prayer requests and praise reports. Maybe you, you're going through something right now. Maybe you just need prayer. You need somebody to come alongside of you. Our staff prays every week over these Connect Cards, and we want to pray for you and what God is doing in your life. We also want to celebrate we believe that celebration is an incredible time. We can do that through praise. And so make note of that and so we can get with you and be able to just share with you and pray over you. And also, I want to just mention our tithes and offerings this moment, this morning. And at this moment, um, we have the opportunity to give back to God. And uh, we're just so grateful for his provision over our lives. And so you can do our, your, your tithe offering. You can make your Light the World Building Fund payment through, through or, or pledge through, through three ways. The offering box, scan the QR code, or you can text the word Luminous to 779 Seven seven. And I'm just so grateful because the Lord loves a cheerful giver, doesn't he? And I just love to give cheerfully. So this is a prayer that is cheerful prayer for his provision, his blessing over our life. Father, we thank you for your gifts that have come to us, Lord, and we don't deserve it, but yet you give it. And we're so grateful. And so Lord, as we just steward our finances, as we budget, and as we said all those things, Lord, I pray, God, that we would not forget, Lord, the one who has provided you are the provider Jehovah Jireh and so Lord we thank you for this bless this offering in Jesus name everybody said amen all right come on give it up for your pastors I'm giving it up for myself right now <laughs> thank you all so much for the kind words and uh, man I'm so grateful that um, I, I have the joy of being the lead pastor of this church this congregation um, our people, and I'm grateful for the pastors help me lead and hear the voice of God and just steward everything that God has, and we're just truly grateful for that. So thank you for that video. Thank you for putting that together. Excited to be with you this morning. Would you stand with me as we read God's word this morning? We want to stand out of reverence for God's word. We have several passages we'll be in, but we're going to read Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 as our theme verse this morning and it says this do not be anxious about anything but in everything everybody say everything. everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be made known to God let's pray father we love you God this is our heart Lord we need this encouragement I we thank you for the word of God who can encourage the people of God this morning by the spirit of God and we're just so grateful for it Lord Jesus help us where we're anxious would you bring peace where there's burden I pray that you would alleviate I pray God that you would show us how this morning we need your wisdom in Jesus name everybody said amen give your neighbor a high five and then you may have a seat <laughs> <laughs> 
Come on, man. Well, we're excited you're here this morning, and I'm excited to talk about this series, Experiencing Jesus. Experiencing Jesus. It is, this is the hour that we talk about Jesus. It's, it's Christmas. It's right around the corner. Christ with us. It's the opportunity to celebrate, and we wanted to lean into Jesus this morning, as we do every morning, but there's a couple of things in particular that we want to talk about that I think will encourage you. I hope that it encourages you. Last week, we talked about hearing God. And in order to hear God, we set up a, a, so a fence around us and talked about the importance of living life in the boundaries that God has placed for his people. How many you know that's a good thing? The Old Testament was full of the Old Testament law giving us boundaries to live by. How do people, the people, of God live upright. So we used this fence analogy and the first post that we put in the ground right here was the spirit of God, which we believe that the spirit of God, it leads us into truth, speaks truth, and that the Holy Spirit has come and filled us to give us all that we need to equip the saints for the work of the ministry that the gifts would be had. And then we drew a fence line and it went all the way over here into another post and that post was the word of God and the word of God is the Bible the scripture that's been given to us and it created this fence from one post to another post to let us remain in this tension in between but without the third post we would just have a wall but God has not put a wall there he's put a fence and so this third post that we put into the ground last week that we recognize is the people of God, the people of God. So you have the spirit of God, the word of God, the people of God, and God wants us right in the center of this triangle. He wants us there. Uh, maybe you've heard Jeff Trailer's triangle of toughness. This is what he has demonstrated to the UTSA football team, the 2-1-0 triangle of toughness. Today, I want to say that the triangle, that in order to experience Jesus that he wants us in, is the triangle of friendship. The triangle of friendship, this is where God would want us this morning, is he would want to put us in this place to be friends. Now, this is, may be a surprise to you this morning that God wants to be your friend. He wants to be your friend. And this isn't some new age concept. It's not something that I just came up with. It's actually in the word of God. And he reveals it in Psalm Chapter 25, verse 14, the friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him and he makes known to them his covenant. The friendship of the Lord are for those who fear him. To have friendship with God is an incomplete a complete privilege as a Christian. There are no other religions that claim that you can be friends with God, are there? This is the only one that says you can become friends with God. In fact, he delights in you and he wants to be your friend and he does it in this triangle. Outside of this triangle means you're outside of reverence or you're outside of obedience. Inside the triangle is where the fear of the Lord is. The fear of the Lord says that if I go outside of this, I lose friendship. 
If I go outside of this triangle, I lose relationship. But God's saying, I want you there. And in that, not only, not only will you be able to hear God, but you'll also be able to talk to God. That's what I want to talk about this morning. Talking to God as friends. Talking to God as friends. What would this look like? A friendship is an incredible privilege, incredible opportunity. You're, you're fortunate in life if you have uh, just five close friends. Uh, in fact, if you looked at anybody and they had five close friends, this is all you would need in life to go through life. Now, I know that as I talk about this, some of you just had Thanksgiving and maybe you didn't experience this type of friendship. Now, this is the good news this morning, is that Jesus so loves you. He so sees you. And in your loneliness, in your isolation, or in your lack of friendship, he wants to come meet a need in your life. All of us have a need of friendship. All of us have a need to have deep friendships. We need friendship. Friendships are incredible. I mean, friendships, they rub off on each other, don't you? You become like one another. All of a sudden, you start finishing, finishing each other's sentences, right? Like, like you, you do this. This is, what, this is what happens in friendship. You just start knowing each other and being known by each other. And this is what God would want for us is that we can know each other. A friend is somebody that we can vent to. Amen. Like, amen, somebody, a friend is somebody, when you go through life and you experience all the things in life that happen to you, how many know it's that friend that you call and you just word vomit on? You know, just like a whole dictionary coming out. And maybe this is more women than men. Hallelujah. Don't women speak more than men? I think that's scientific. I'm not, I really do. And, and this is, this is my wife. My wife loves to have an amazing day and it's awesome, but she loves friendship because when she comes to me, she knows that she can just tell me everything that's on her mind. Everything. She just lets it all out. It just comes out. I want to let you know that God knows how you're wired. He knows how you're wired. He knows how you're made. He knows that if you were just to carry life all internally, you would explode that you need an outlet to talk about what is going on in your life. It's called communication. And this communication develops friendship, develops relationship. And Jesus models this. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Jesus knew how to vent. He knew how to talk. He knew about talking about all of the things that were happening in his life. But the thing that he would encourage us and the primary purpose of talking is talking to the right source. Because you convince to the wrong source. Somebody who is not going to help you in your situation. Somebody who cannot carry the burden that you're carrying. But Jesus teaches us as he's walking on earth and we're experiencing him, we're experiencing his relationship with the Father, modeling to us what it's like to vent and to talk to God. Jesus talked about the hardest things in life because life hits. And when life hits, we carry burdens. Burdens come upon us. Am I the only one who has carried some burdens? 
You know, we all have burdens. There's all these burdens that come up in your life. Some of them are daily, some of them are weekly, and some of them are lifelong burdens that come upon you time and time again, and burdens precede temptation. Burdens will always precede this temptation that enters your life. So what are you burdened with today? What are you burdened with today, Luminous? Maybe you already are filling in the blank of things that you are burdened with. Some of you, you're burdened with singleness, being single and living life that way. Some of you are burdened with marriage. You so, sometimes you think marriage is going to be better than singleness, but it's just a whole nother burden. Maybe you're burdened with your children right now. Maybe they're going through situations. Maybe they're having difficulty in life. Some of us came in with financial burdens. Burdens of, of finances and not knowing how we're going to provide or how we're going to buy Christmas gifts this year. Some of us are burdened with taking care of a sick family member. And you've become their number one caretaker and it burdens you. It, it puts something on you. It's heavy and it's not easy. But if I had to talk about it, then everybody would look at me like I'm the bad person. You see, burdens come and they start weighing you down. Some of it's a feeling. Some burdens are just feelings that we have inside and we don't really know, but we're burdened with a feeling of sadness or a feeling of anger or a feeling of frustration. Or, or maybe you've come in with a feeling of feeling unwanted. And Thanksgiving just reminded you of what that was like. And maybe that burden was legitimate. There's all these burdens. Some of us come in with a burden of same-sex attraction, where you've been attracted to the same sex, and you're just so burdened by it, you don't know what to do. And if I were to tell anybody and process that with anybody, then, then I just don't know what would happen. Some of us, we, we're, we're burdened with the idea of feeling fake. Anytime we get around somebody, we just feel fake. Burden comes Burdens are anxieties and worries of what people would think about you. Burdens are the things that you carry. And oftentimes with a burden, we just end up obsessing about the burden. We end up getting intoxicated with the thing that is weighing on us. And we just think about it more and more and more and more. Am I the only one? Where it consumes your thoughts and you become so intoxicated with it. And it moves to this place where temptation comes in the middle of your burden. Temptation to do ungodly things because of the burden that you carry. Maybe act out upon the burden. Maybe to do something counter to the friendship triangle outside of it. You step outside of it. You start moving in such a way. Temptation proceeds our outcomes or our actions. We have this burden that precedes temptation, and when we're carrying it, now we're tempted, and now it can move us to these outcomes or these actions. You see, the way that sometimes we act out or we move upon the burden that we're carrying, we lash out in our anger. We begin to do things that are ungodly. The reason is because we have fixated so much on the burden that we have become intoxicated upon it that it has affected our judgment. 
You see, have you, have you, maybe, maybe you have been intoxicated. Maybe you've seen somebody intoxicated. Somebody impaired where they, they start taking in so much substance that it is diluting their bloodstream and the thing that's supposed to give them life and to think rightly has now been diluted and now they're thinking wrongly and they're making decisions based upon the fixation of this burden that they've been carrying. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 would remind us, though, no temptation has overtaken that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. That God has designed us in such a way that when temptation comes... He gives us a way out. Experiencing Jesus shows us that that if Jesus can get out of the situation or out of the temptation in the middle of the situation without sinning, without succumbing to, to the things that the enemy would love to deposit inside of you so that you would be disobedient, that Jesus will make a way of escape. If he has escaped, First Corinthians says we can escape too. Aren't you grateful for that? I'm grateful that I don't have to live under this pressure of this burden and to act out on some temptation that is going to try to overcome me. There is a way of escape. Ephesians 5, instead of getting drunk on wine, verse 18, instead of getting drunk on wine and becoming intoxicated with that, Instead of making poor judgments and intoxicated with sensuality and the action of your disobedience, of disobeying this and giving in to the temptation, he would say this, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. So what do we do when we're burdened, Pastor? What do we do? Who who do we vent to? Oh, how do we vent? The thing that we do when we are burdened is we must pray when we are burdened. We must pray when we are burdened. Everybody say pray. 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 We must pray when we're burdened. When things are heavy, when you feel yourself getting weighed down, anybody just go through life, you start up, and then by the end of the day, you're like, I can't carry anymore. Pray. Pray. Jesus would encourage us to pray. Jesus modeled prayer in his most difficult hour. What did Jesus do? He didn't run away. He stayed in the triangle of friendship with God, and he stayed in that moment. He said, I must consult my friend. I must be with him, and I must pray on the hour that he was about to be betrayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. There he was with his disciples, and he said, wait here and pray. Pray why? Luke would tell us in Luke chapter 22, verse 40, I want you to wait and pray so that you may not enter into temptation. Oh, how heavy it is. The burden, the pain, the difficulty. I know that this person, the the rabbi that I've been following for three years, this one I've seen who healed and raised the dead and and do extraordinary things is about to give his life and he's going to go away. I'm burdened. I'm burdened. The temptation is this, to start operating in your own might and your own strength and your own will. You start operating 
outside of the triangle. Oh, but Jesus says, no, 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 friends. Friends, I want you to pray in the triangle. In the triangle. Luke 22, 45, 46 says this. And when he rose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping for sorrow. For sorrow because they were so heavy. And he said to them, why are you sleeping? Rise and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Are you heavy this morning? Did you come in with a burden? Did you come in with something that you can't carry on your own? How is your prayer life? How is your prayer life? We must pray to not enter into temptation. In other words, Jesus says we must cast it off. Everybody say cast it off. We must cast it off. We must move in this place of of prayers are in essence casting it off throwing it off, moving it away from you, throwing that burden, the thing that's weighing you down, throw it off. Psalm 55 verse 22 says this, cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. Cast it off. Cast your burden onto the Lord. I love Psalm 55 because this particular word was used again in the reference in Luke chapter 19. And in Luke chapter 19, verse 34 through 35 says this. And they said, the Lord has need of it. And he brought it to Jesus and thrown their cloaks on the colt. They set Jesus on it. This verse in chapter in psalm is this casting off used again in luke chapter 19 where they take off their cloaks their outer garments and they begin to cast it upon the donkey and this colt that they cast it on jesus was going to ride on and was going to ride away with these cloaks into jerusalem what an amazing prophetic picture for us that the burdens that we carry the pain that we carry that we can take them off and we can cast them upon jesus and jesus will ride them away to jerusalem where he will pay for every cloak that was put on the colt. He's going to pay for every burden that you've been carrying. He's going to take it to the cross. And he's going to say, it is finished. It is done. You don't have to carry it anymore. I will carry your burden. Praise God. This is what Jesus wants to do. Commit your way to the Lord. Psalm 37, 5. Trust in him and he will act. Won't he? He will act, won't he? Amen. That's an amen right there. He will act, won't he? Amen. Amen. He will act. He will move. This is a promise. The psalm, the psalmist, as he's writing his prayers, and as we read psalms, we're reading how to pray. What does prayer look like? The depth of prayer, the depth of the conversation in the triangle of the friendship that we have with God is noted in the psalms. He says this, I will act. I will act when you commit your ways to the Lord. Commit, cast. When you cast these things upon the Lord. When you cast your way. When you give him the opportunity. 1 Peter 5, 6-8 says this. Humble 
yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. I think sometimes we don't end up venting to God because we don't think he cares about the situation we're in. Sometimes we think God doesn't care about the situation we are in because I'm in this awful situation and how could a loving God care about me? I want to tell you, he has given us the ability right here to say that he is moving because he cares for you. Throw it off. Put your anxiety on him. Put your burden on him. Begin to give it to him because he cares for you and he wants to take it. Verse 8, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Someone to devour. I want to tell you that you may be the someone the devil wants to devour. You may be the someone that when the devil sees you, they see somebody who he sees somebody who has all this potential who could be effective in the kingdom of God. So he's after you and he's looking to devour you. But how many of you know that Jesus cares for you and he's provided a triangle for you, a fence for you, a protection and peace, peace. The Lord is bringing peace to your situation. He's bringing peace in your discomfort. He's bringing peace. Proverbs 16.3 would say this. Cast your works to the Lord. Commit your works to the Lord. And your plans will be established. A lot of us get burdened with our jobs. With our works. The stay-at-home moms. Those in the corporate setting, those who are working their jobs as students, you get so burdened. But it says, cast your works to the Lord, these burdens to the Lord, and your plans will be established. He'll start establishing you. He'll start moving you. The people who don't get established are the people who complain. The people who didn't get established in the promised land were the people who complained in the wilderness. All they did was complain over and over and over again. Why me, God? Why this situation? But the people say, Lord, you have it. All oh, the burden's heavy. Lord Jesus, if I'm going to complain to anybody, it's going to be you. It's not going to be others. I'm not going to be a toxic environment to the people around me, to my spouse, to my children, to my roommates, to anybody else. I'm just going to give it to you, Lord. Take this burden away from me. Take it. And God, give me peace. If I'm here, it's because you planted me. If I'm here, it's because you put me. Lord, have your way. Do what you want to do in this situation. Relieve me of any temptation and falling prey to the schemes of the devil. Move me into you. Let me be renewed by you. Change me, shape me, renew my mind. A victorious church is a praying church. Because prayers lift burdens. Would you stand with me this morning? I'm going to encourage us and lead us into a little bit of prayer this morning.
a little bit of prayer because I think it's so appropriate that we came in with some burden, something that was on us. We came in with some worries. Maybe it's a job situation. Maybe it is your roommate situation. Maybe it's a life situation. Maybe it's a diagnosis this morning that you got. Maybe it was something circumstantial that happened over Thanksgiving. It was what he said or didn't say, what she said or didn't say that I'm now burning with and I'm carrying and I'm carrying and I'm carrying and the Lord Jesus would say I want you to experience me and to experience me talk to me talk to God so this is your opportunity just to pray Father I just love you this morning God we give you our burdens we give you our pains our doubts, our fears, our insecurities. God, we're vulnerable inside of friendship. God, we're vulnerable with you. We want you. Take this away. It's too heavy. I can't carry it. Jesus, would you take it? Lord, don't let it take root in my life. Let me not be fixated on it no longer. But God, I'm taking off the cloak of this burden today. And I'm throwing it on the colt. And I'm saying, Jesus, would you ride it to Jerusalem? Would you ride it to the cross? Would you nail it there and leave it there so that I can be free, so that I can be whole? And Lord, do not let me take up again a yoke of slavery, a yoke of sin, a yoke of shame. But God, release it right now. Holy Spirit, release it. By the Spirit of God, by the Word of God, by the people of God coming together to you, Jesus. We are so grateful, and we love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Let's give God a big hand for that. Come on, somebody. As you're standing this morning, we always try to make room for communion, the Lord's Supper. We feel like as often as the saints gather together in the liturgical setting of the church, we should remember Jesus, remember his sacrifice. He says on the night that he was betrayed, he took the bread and the cup, and he instituted the communion table, the Lord's Supper. And we come to the Lord's Supper not by our own merit or our own works, but because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross. He has given his body, he has spilt his blood so that we could be made new. Father, we thank you for your bread, your body that was broken for us. Lord, thank you. We remember your body this morning. Bless this bread. And Father, for the cup poured out for the forgiveness of sins innocent blood for a guilty human innocent blood poured out so that we may have life forgiveness of sins past present future your blood's enough we thank you for it bless this cup in jesus name Amen.